Hello, everyone, and welcome to Unmasking Darkness. Well, I thought for this week's Patreon, I need to tell you about my first experience playing the Ouija board because we're talking about it with the Darren Evans case and uh, the myths, beating up the myths around the Ouija board anyway. Why not tell you about my first experience? Um, because it was pretty harrowing, actually, <laughs> to be honest with you. I haven't had that many terrible experiences with the Ouija board, but this one was particularly harrowing. So it started when we were, we played the Ouija board when I was about 12 or 13. Um, I was with uh, my friend Caroline. I feel like all teenagers around this point, around this time, 12, 13, 14, get interested in this. We've seen a lot of movies. You know, this is the, you know, when we're like, yeah, we're grown up, we're going to do this. So we actually made ours, <laughs> which was, you know, kind of cool at the time. We got this really large board from her brother's room. We cut out all the um, the, the characters, the, the numbers and the letters. We put it on the board. We put it all out like a real Ouija board. We looked it up. We knew what it looked like. Um, we didn't have a real board, but we were doing that. We got a glass from the kitchen. We were really excited about it. She had a small room as you walked in. It was just uh, bunk beds on one side of the room and then sort of a, a small space for us to be able to sit down and, and play this Ouija board, which we placed on the floor. And then she had this large window on the opposite end with a huge window treatment. She had uh, large, really heavy curtains and a long, uh, ornate wooden uh, uh, curtain pole with two pole ends at the end, you know, ornate pole, pole ends, very, very heavy, um, you know, really beautiful, actually. And so we were sitting there and we were playing and, you know, after 15 minutes, absolutely nothing happened. And then we were getting really like, oh my goodness, nothing's happening here. And then all of a sudden, I see out of the corner of my eye, because my eye is down, we're concentrated down because it's on the floor and we're kneeling down and we're playing the Ouija board and we're doing the whole thing. Is anybody there? Is anybody there? Now, it's interesting to say it's during the day. Her mom wasn't there, but, you know, we're only 12 or 13, so we're doing it during the day. I don't think we really had the courage to do it at night. We were both a little like, you know, hyping each other up and this, that and the other. Um, so nothing happened for the first 10 minutes. Nothing, you know, are you moving it? Are you moving it? Nothing happened. And then all of a sudden, I noticed at the corner of my eye, um, right at the end, um, so the, the, the end of the, the curtain rod, the pole, the end of the curtain rod, the, the treatment there, it flies off um, on the other side of the room and, uh, and hits the wall. And then we both look at each other and then the other one on the other side. So this is the, the end, um, sort of the, sort of the, at the end of the curtain rod, the two ornate, it's at the, it's the end caps. So the first end cup just flies off and hits the other side of the wall on the other side of the room and then drops down. And then we look at each other and like 30 seconds later, right at the end of the curtain rod on the other side, um, that end cap flies across the room and again hits the wall and then drops down. Now, of course, the first thing we do is we look at each other, we scream and we run. Now, I'd never seen anything like that or been through anything like that. And so far as like this actually, now these things are attached to, I mean, they're screwed on to the end of the pole, right? The end of the curtain rod. They're screwed on and they stay on there. And even if they weren't on there, they don't fly across the room. Now, this flew across the room at a diagonal 
in a diagonal way. So, um, so the one on the, the left, for instance, flew across the room on the right-hand side, and it flew with such a force that hit the other side of the room. Now, her room was small, but it still hit the other side of the room and then dropped down onto her bed. And then 30 seconds later, the other one flew across the room, again, diagonally, the other way, and then flew across the room at such a, you know, really quickly, at such a force that it hit the other side of the room and then, and then dropped down. So after we screamed and ran out, about half an hour later, we were like, oh my God, we've got to go in there and see what happened. So as we go in, we notice that both of these end caps are across the room. They're like, um, they've hit the other side of the room and then ricocheted off that and then lying sort of in the middle of the room next to each other, right? Across the way. None of this makes sense. So of course, you know, scientific as you are, you know, you're 12, you're 13, you've, you know, I think her mom was back by then. So she didn't know what we were doing upstairs, but we, we got a little, we were like, we got a little braver. So the first thing we did is we put the end cap back on to the end of the the curtain rod and we did the same thing we shook it we did whatever we could now of course we weren't doing anything to to make it shake uh we were in london at the time i grew up in london so there's no earthquakes or anything like that we were the only ones in the house um her mum just stopped out to the shops for a second we were 12 or 13 so we left in the house for a small amount of time so we were jumping up and down and doing whatever we could and even with everything that we did to jump up and down, eventually it did fall off. But of course, all it did was drop to the ground, right? And even then, what the ruckus that we made on the floor underneath to make it do that, right? And all it did was drop directly to the ground, which is what you expect it to do. You do not expect it to fly across the room completely horizontally the other way to hit the back of the room and then ricochet and then drop to the center of the room. And then the other one, again, diagonally do the same thing and, and ricochet off the end of the, the, the back of the room and then drop down. Such a force. So we did it with both. And then we went to the other one to see if that one would fly across the room. And of course it didn't. It just dropped down. And again, what we did to get it to do that, it's it was really, it was stuck up there. Like they were screwed in anyway. Um, it's not like, you know, we had to get a chair to go up there to like, see what was going on. It's not like, you know, it wasn't going to be screwed in there. So yeah, we were terrified and we definitely took all of those letters <laughs> and all of those numbers and we put them in the bin that night and we never played it again. In fact, we never talked about it and we never gave it any other energy. Um, and I did not play the Ouija board for many, many years. I would say I was probably in my late teens, early 20s before I went back to the Ouija board. It was something that we had decided that we did and it wasn't a great experience. We never talked about what we thought it was. Although at the end of the day, we did conclude, I would say that was a pretty scientific experiment for uh, 12 or 13 year olds, that whatever made that fly across the room was certainly not us. And we can say, even though nothing actually happened with the Ouija board, we bought something in. Now, my theory, if I do have to have a theory, and I do like to have a theory, is that the something did happen. It was paranormal. And that it wasn't necessarily a bad entity, but it was, uh, it was something that didn't want us to play. 
So it did something to scare us so we wouldn't come back and play anymore. So in its own way, it may not have been evil, um, may not have wanted to do us any harm, but at the same time, it was a warning, please don't do this. Um, That's what I took from it. That's the energy I got from it. And we played that game. We took it at its, as that, as the message. And like I said, I did not play the Ouija board probably for another, I would say at least another eight or nine years. So, uh, yeah, 12 or 13, that was my first ever, uh, getting into the Ouija board. And it, it was definitely terrifying at the time. Terrifying. We were nervous playing it. We definitely had, I was a horror movie buff, so we were definitely nervous playing it. I was definitely attached to uh, the projections of uh, Ouija boards being evil and the expectant um, knowledge that something evil could happen. So I, I'm i not surprised that we got a warning. We heeded that warning, never touched it again. <laughs> so that is my... Uh, that is my my first experience playing the Ouija board. Hopefully, your first experience was a little bit better, but I'm going to leave you with that experience. Without a doubt, it was a paranormal experience, whether it was evil or not. It was paranormal. You have a wonderful day and also sleep well tonight. I will speak to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.